Hey guys, it's Cameron from Glasgow. Looking forward to the game at the weekend against Atlanta. I think this is a game that we desperately need to win. We cannot afford to go 1-3 and three at the start of the season. I think the Cowboys' form so far, although they've not really played anyone of note, uh, I think the fact that they're 2-1, and one, we really need to go ahead and win this game. We need to take it to Atlanta. We need an offensive plan. We need to be positive. We need to get Jared Patterson involved, I think. He has looked good in the preseason and barely had a sniff. I think Scott Turner really needs to get him involved in the offence. Needs the offence to look more explosive. I think Gibson needs to be involved more, possibly as a, a pass catcher as well from the backfield. And obviously we need to get uh, Terry McLaurin involved. I think the fact that uh, we have Samuel coming back as well hopefully gives... Taylor Heineke another option up front forget the defence this is a side we are playing against whose defence has been worse than our own defence and I think if we get the offence right we should be able to go to Atlanta and get a good positive victory to set us up for the rest of the season a win we desperately need we cannot afford to go 1-3 and three, especially against a really really poor side yes they've got Pitts yes they've got Ridley Matty Ice is well past his best and I think we really need to go here and get a positive victory. Thank you. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're locked on the Washington football team with the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I am Dave Harrison, Washington football team beat writer for SI.com's fan nation. He is Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Menher show on the Team 980, Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern. That show and this show also found on the Odyssey app. We thank you for making the Locked On Washington football team podcast your first listen every day. We are still free, still available on, on, on all platforms and on Twitter. You can find Chris at WrestleMania621. I'm at D Harrison82, and the show is at Locks WFT Pods. Today's episode brought to you by Run Your Pool. Check them out today and get $10 off at runyourpool.com slash locked on or use our promo code locked on at checkout. Thank you again, Washington football team fans, for making this podcast your first listen every day on this final episode of the week before the Washington football team heads to Atlanta to face off against the Falcons. We're going to talk injuries. Chris has a, uh, a juicy rumor that he has heard. Uh, that he and Pete Methurst were talking about on Thursday on Team 980. He's going to share with us as well in this audience. We're going to react to that. And then Chris and I are going to cover some prop bets. We're going to make some prop bets, and we're going to also make some predictions, bold predictions, and we're going to tell you who we think is going to win, and we're also going to give you the key to a Washington victory. Even if we don't think Washington's going to win, you'll have to wait and see uh, to hear what we think about that. Thank you for from Cameron, or thank you to Cameron from Glasgow for calling in again. I don't know about you, Chris, but – uh Starting off the show with uh, with a call from Scotland is just amazing to me. It's always cool uh, to to hear uh, Cameron's voice and to get his perspective. Uh, appreciate him being a part of it, as we all uh, do for every voicemailer, but especially when we have you know some regulars and some returning voicemailers. Uh, David, it always makes me happy that I know the kind of the span of this show and this podcast. Um, so that's always a cool thing, and I agree with a lot of what he said. Absolutely. And just for our audience's sake, Chris, you're joining us from a sports bar in Arlington. I can't remember the name of it, but you're joining us from there because you and Pete recorded on Thursday uh, from or, or uh, right. broadcasted live rather from there Thursday for the Team 980. Uh, just so that everybody knows why there's that noise. 
in the background there. Chris is in the midst of a lively group of football fans exactly. uh, enjoying the fantasy football conversation going on behind you. Exactly. I apologize for all the background <laughs> uh, noise, but it is, like you said, an, a lively crowd and we had a good show. Uh, and uh, we talked about this rumor uh, that uh, we're going to bring up here and uh, talked about some of the injuries and obviously some of the issues that are, uh, you know, that, that the Washington football team is dealing with, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and speaking of those injuries, Thursday, another injury report dropping from both Washington football team and the Atlanta Falcons. One more injury report to fall. Uh, unfortunately, we won't be able to record when those designations come out. No game status designations reported as of yet, so make sure you keep an eye on those on Friday to find out which players will be in and which ones will be out for this weekend's game. Charles Leno Jr., a full participant on Thursday for the Washington football team. He missed Wednesday, but it was just a rest day, no injury uh, to be noted there. Brandon Scherf did miss practice on Wednesday with that chest injury, but he was a full participant on Thursday. Non-participants on Thursday, uh, Benjamin St. Jude still dealing with concussion syndrome or uh, concussion symptoms, rather. Matt Ioannidis also did not participate, which is a little worrisome because he was a limited participant on Wednesday. Kind of wonder if there was a flare up there or maybe they were just trying to rest that injury uh, to get him a little bit uh, more prepared for the weekend's game. Then Antonio Gibson, not on the injury report on Wednesday, did not participate Thursday with a shin injury. That is going to be the most uh, problematic and concerning injury on this report. Right. Chris, we'll get your thoughts on that here in a minute. Flipping over to the Atlanta Falcons, Marlon Davidson, the defensive tackle, and Russell Gage, wide receiver, both non-participants on Wednesday and Thursday. So their status not looking good for the weekend. Frank Darby, Arizona State University rookie for the Atlanta Falcons wide receiver, a full participant on Thursday after being limited on Wednesday. Also full participants on Thursday after being limited Wednesday, Colby Gossett, the guard, safety, Eric Harris, and then A.J. Terrell, a cornerback for the Falcons, full participant both Wednesday and Thursday coming off a concussion. Uh, so it's looking likely, although not guaranteed, that he will be active for the Falcons defense when they play the Washington football team. Of course, that's huge for the Falcons, but Let's talk Antonio Gibson, Chris. Yep. What are your thoughts on uh, that situation? Yeah, so so I would say I would say this. Certainly, it's a concern that he did not practice on Thursday. And again, we'll await the final injury report and we'll post that up at LockWFT Pod and on each one of our individual Twitters, David. But I would say this: I think it's somewhat encouraging that it was the shin and not the shoulder. However, when you look at a running back. What do you need to be a running back, whether it's as a pass catcher or whether it's as a runner? And that is, well, your legs and your lower legs. I mean, I guess it's better that it's not a groin or a hamstring or a quad, but a shin, if it's a, a presumably a deep bruise and Ron Rivera was not available on Thursday uh, to the media, just Scott Turner and Jack Del Rio. Um, so whenever you're dealing with a shin, that probably spells to me, and again, not trying to play doctor on the podcast, that it's a shin contusion, a shin bruise, something like that, which right. generally is going to be a pain tolerance thing. However, mm -hmm. if, you know, maybe he just got kicked in practice. Yep, exactly. Something like yeah. that. I, he I might got cleated. It's happened I, to everybody. I think he should be okay. But can I say that it's not going to bother him on Sunday, even if he's active? I can't say that. I mean, I, you know, I was more worried about the shoulder and now we have shoulder and the shin, yeah. but he's not listed as the shoulder. Yeah. So I guess he's okay. And I'll, I'll tell you this a little advance on the show, the run game and specifically Antonio Gibson is going to be a big part of what mm -hmm. I want to see on Sunday. Absolutely. I mean, listen, if, if I can take a cleat in practice and play uh, in Douglas County, Colorado in middle school, junior varsity, uh, football that I think Antonio Gibson can do the same at the NFL. I, I think, yeah, I think you proved your toughness back they're then. They're very even, similar. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and Matt Ioannidis, <laughs> obviously, 
you know, going from limited Wednesday, as you mentioned, to a DNP on Thursday. Sometimes they do that, but that's right. generally not a good sign for a guy that's already missed a game meaning last Sunday in Buffalo has had an injury history. So that's not trending in the right direction. Um, you know, and, and unfortunately injuries are a part of it. I mean, for the most part, Washington is somewhat mostly kind of sort of healthy. I mean, the big yeah. one here to keep a track on is Curtis Samuel. They have plenty mm-hmm. of time to activate him. Uh, he has practiced Wednesday and Thursday. They say he's making progress. He looked Okay. Uh, running some long routes. Will he be ready on time for Sunday? I would say probably not, but I can't rule it out. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And and that's just real quick for anybody wondering why we're not talking about Curtis Samuel on the injury report because he's not active, which means he doesn't get listed on the injury report, but he has been at practice. And, you know, reports are good, right? But, I mean, how good? And, and like you said, whether or not he'll be ready, I, too, don't expect him uh, to be playing. So a lot still to watch for that as we enter the weekend. But uh, maybe something else to to listen for, Chris. Uh, you, you teased this to me before we recorded, and we teased it already in the intro here. Rumor coming out of Miami, so uh, spill spill the beans. What's going on? Yeah, so um, this is you know this is going to be something interesting to keep an eye on. I, I have no idea if this is true, but some of it makes sense. Uh, so according mm-hmm. to um, Burgundy Blog, which is a a, a popular blog Twitter handle mm-hmm. site uh, for Washington football team fans, uh, and BB does a pretty good job. Uh, overall monitoring stuff. He put this out uh, and it said a radio guy uh, who's named Alex Dono uh, at Mm -hmm. Alex Dono um, on Twitter in Miami said today that a trusted source has the Dolphins traded trading a boatload to the Houston Texans for Deshaun Watson, which makes sense. We know the Dolphins are interested. We know what it's going to cost. I'm not debating that. But then the kicker and how it involves our audience is trading Tua Tonga Viola, Vialoa, <clears throat> I always screw up his name, to the Washington <laughs> football team for a huh. second round draft pick. Mm. Uh, Burgundy blog adds, I got nothing on this and I am skeptical just pumping the rumor. I have nothing yeah. on this. I don't yeah. know if this is true, David, but when I bring up Tua Tonga Vialoa to you, yeah possibly for the Washington football team for a second round pick, presumably in 2022, you say why? Well, first thing I'll say is that Tua Tagovailoa honestly was criminally overdrafted and that's not his fault. I mean, you know, he's, he's not going to go in interviews with teams and say, no, I don't want to be drafted that high because I don't think I'm that talented. Obviously, just like any other player, he's going to want to be drafted as high as he could possibly be. And he's a quarterback. He wants to go out there and lead a team. And I get that, but he's a guy that needed time to develop. He needed some grooming. He needed, to get some coaching under his belt. So being drafted as high as he was, uh, was not good for the start of his career. And, and it hasn't really gone all that well in Miami is from, from what I've seen and from uh, what, we're, what we're witnessing there in Miami, especially last year with what happened with Ryan Fitzpatrick. That being said, a second round pick for a guy with the upside of Tua Tagovailoa. yes, give me that every single day, twice on Sundays. It's well worth the risk, well worth the investment. I'm not saying the Tua would come in here and be a franchise quarterback for the next 20 years. But I'm not saying he couldn't be either. And there's only one way you're going to find out. That's to get him in the building. Uh, Miami obviously isn't you know all that in love with him. But I don't think it's a work ethic. I don't think it's a preparation thing. Honestly, I think it's a fit thing. And the thing about fits is if it if, if a player doesn't fit in one scheme or one with one coaching staff with one system, send them somewhere else and see if they fit somewhere else. That's that's my always kind of been my biggest thing when you see these young players that obviously are in a, a situation that does not work for what they bring to a team. And you just see coaching. You look at Mitch Trubisky. You see a coaching staff kill itself trying to force a square peg into a round hole 
instead of just doing what's best for everybody, moving on, cut bait, you know, accept your losses, take your, you know, lick your wounds and move on to the next project that might, you know, bring some, some good for everybody involved. So for, for Tua Tungavailoa to get a change of scenery for the Miami Dolphins to get a, a different type of quarterback and for Washington to get a crack at a young guy. And listen, if you bring him in, you've got 14, 15 weeks to find out if you have any confidence that he could be the future. And if he's not, you, you got draft picks next year. You know what I mean? You don't have your second round pick, but you can pack some other things, maybe trade up for another guy or you bring in another veteran. Uh, I would absolutely sign off on that deal if that's, if that's real. Uh, here's my quick answer to it. I am open to discussing it, thinking about it. Uh, but if I had to yeah. offer an initial reaction, I would say no. And mostly it's because, to me, something is wrong, obviously, that Miami drafted him and, and now is giving up so quickly, if this rumor is true. Number yeah. one. Number two, uh, as you know, I've always talked about quarterback durability. And I know Ryan Fitzpatrick is hurt, and I know it could happen to anyone, but Tuatanga Vailoa has always had a major major injury issue not major injuries but a frequency issue and i yes. can't I, I can't trust a quarterback that gets hurt as much as Tua does so that's where i kind of go eh, for a second round pick i'd consider it i'd think about it but i'm not sure no that's that's 100 fair and i would not blame anybody else out there uh, in the twitter sphere in the in the airwaves that would agree with your take on that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call that back on anybody. I mean, if you get them for a third, that, that'd be, you know, that'd be great. Um, but unfortunately, you know, in, in the way the NFL works, you don't get to have cash back on your draft picks, but the way the world works, you can get cash back on your gas purchases when you're pumping up or filling up at the pump. You can get some money, some of that money back by using the app, get upside. Our friends, sponsors of this show, our listeners are making up 25 cents back for every gallon of gas. Every time they fill up, all you have to do to get in on the deal, download the free GetUpside app at the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN, and you'll get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. So your first fill-up is up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN, and you'll get that 50% or that $0.50, cent, rather, not 50%, $0.50 cent per gallon cash back. On your first tank, some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash gets back to you, added right to your account. You can cash out anytime, either to your bank account, PayPal, or you can get an e-gift card from Amazon or other brands. Again, just download the free GetUpside app. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN, and you'll get that $0.25 cents off per gallon, up to $0.25 cents per off per gallon, and up to $0.50 cents off your first gallon using GetUpside and promo code TOUCHDOWN. Hey, guys. This is Andrew calling from Manassas. Virginia. Uh, looking ahead to this game against the Falcons, this is a big game for us. Good teams bounce back. Good coaches don't allow teams to spiral. And I'm afraid if we lose to the Falcons, we could end up in the spiral pretty quickly. It's a big game for Taylor. He needs to show to the league and to his teammates that uh, he can start in this league. Uh, he needs to show that he can learn from his mistakes. Not the undrafted label will really creep up and it'll get stuck to him. That he's a backup, undrafted guy, not, not good enough to start. So this is a big game for him and this defense. Oh, this defense is so frustrated. Uh, nobody has answers. Nobody can say what the problem is. Fans have different speculations, but nobody can pinpoint what the problem is. David made a great point about leadership in the last podcast and about coaches being hard-headed sometimes, sticking with schemes, my way or the highway. That's my fear, that we may have a scheme that that's not fit for the players we have. And so my question is, if it is a scheme, 
do you think Rivera or Del Rio are the type of coaches that are flexible to have enough wisdom to change it if necessary? Have they shown the capability to do that in the past, and, and will they do that if it's necessary, or are they the type of coaches that are going to drive their scheme and it's going to be their way or nothing else? Thanks. All right, that's uh, Andrew from Manassas with a really good question, David. Uh, I don't know how you're going to answer this. I kind of go back and forth on this. Ron has made it very clear. If you do what we tell you to do and teach you to do, you will be rewarded and praised and credited and all that. If you don't, then you're going to, you know, then then you're going to get some criticism and we're not going to defend you. Yet that being said, I truly believe like they have tried some different things. The five two front uh, with the defensive linemen, five defensive linemen in the game that been hurt a little bit by no Matt Ioannidis. I, I truly believe they they want to play more man, but they don't want to expose their guys, so they've been more zone, and they're willing to be flexible. Um, all these little things show me that, yes, they are a little old school, and yes, they are tough, and yes, they want gap control and gap discipline, but I do think especially if things continue to unravel, that they will be more willing to be open to change. Yeah, so I'm not very familiar with Jack Del Rio from a coaching standpoint. Like, obviously, I know who he is. You know, I was familiar with his time with the Raiders and all that stuff. But, I mean, just, like, to be able to speak on Jack Del Rio's personality and tendencies with any type of, of legitimacy, I would be lying to our audience if I try to sit here and say, no, I know I have a good feeling of what Jack Del Rio uh, would or will do. I will give him credit because because we've been we or we are you know me specifically have been critical of this defense uh, recently. But I do want to give Jack Del Rio credit. Like you said, they have tried some other formations. They've moved some players around. They've done some things. So there is an obvious effort from a scheme standpoint as well as the players and coaches. So just want to make sure that we give credit where credit is due. But here's what I can tell you about Ron Rivera. When he was in Carolina, his defense was struggling at one point. It was the end of the Luke Keekley uh, time. Thomas Davis's time was kind of coming to an end as well. The defense wasn't quite what it was at one point earlier in his tenure. Um, and they actually did make the move to a 3-4 defensive scheme at the direction of Ron Rivera as the head coach. So what that tells me is there's a, a history there. There's a precedent set for Ron Rivera as a head coach too. And I, I don't know, I don't want to say that he did it against his defense coordinator's wishes, but whatever it was, Ron Rivera did say, listen, we got to change up our personnel. We got to change up how we're approaching this thing. We're moving to a 3-4 now. Unfortunately, that was the last season he got in Carolina. So, you know, that that's what that for that what that's worth. But what it does show is that Ron Rivera is willing to make a wholesale change to their base defense. You know, again, you're gonna have other packages sprinkled in there. But yes, Ron Rivera will or has shown before that he'll he'll make that change if necessary. I'm just not sure how long it will take, but there's a whole long like we could do a whole episode talking about coaching leadership and, 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 you know, and all the, there's so many different layers to it. It's not, it's never as simple as a lot of people want it to be. And even maybe as, maybe as I make it sound sometimes, or, or we do. Um, but yeah, I do believe Ron Rivera eventually would get to the point that he'd be willing to make a change if he absolutely had to, but Chris, what's not going to change. Well, it could still change, right. but what's not gonna change a lot are the prop bet lines over at BetOnline.ag. Uh, we've each gone and picked three of them. Uh, we've, we kind of took a lot of time talking in the first segment, so we've got to move through these a little quickly, but I do want to get all yep. six of them in if we can. Sure, absolutely, and I'm going to give you my first one, um, and this is 
a little tip to my final score prediction. I think the Washington football team will bounce back here and win this game, David. I I took one prop bet uh, for Washington to win between one and six points on betonline.ag at plus 425. That's some good value for me between one and six points. That's my first prop bet. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. My first one is that both teams are going to score 19 and a half or more points. Uh, it's not that I think either of these offenses are necessarily all that prolific or explosive, but in today's NFL, 20 points really is almost like the minimum. Like it's kind of the baseline. You need to score at least 20 or you shouldn't expect to win. Yep. And neither of these defenses doing all that hot. So I think you have a good chance. Uh, and with, with uh, you know, put a hundred bucks on there. I'm a, I'm a big better. So you put a hundred bucks on there. You win, you win 119, <laughs> you turn a hundred into $220. Uh, you go get you some pizza and you still got a profit. You're a you're a heavy spender. All right. Uh, and by the way, the league average is 23.6 points per game. Uh, so my second prop bet, I'm going to take the Atlanta Falcons to score the first touchdown at plus 200. Mm-hmm. Why? Because Washington has been carved up like a Thanksgiving <laughs> turkey in each of their three three games on the opening drive of the game. The opponent has scored. So logically, trends, stats. My eyes tell me Washington is not good at starting games. Plus 200 Falcons first touchdown. Yeah. So my next prop bet is actually Atlanta scoring on their first drive, not necessarily touchdowns, just scoring points at all. And, and I said this on the crossover there in Freeman, I think Washington fans, and honestly, the coaches will never admit it, but even to a certain extent, if the, if the Washington defense only gave up a field goal on that first drive, a little part of them would fist pump that and say, okay, we've got improvement here. Um, again, they'll never admit that in a press conference, but I think they would in, in t- internally they would they would celebrate that a little bit. But I still think Atlanta scores on their first drive, kind of going off of what you said. Uh, it might be a touchdown, it might be a field goal. This one, a little bit worse odds, negative one eighty five on the odds there. So you're not going to get as much money for it. But uh, listen, two out of three games, the Atlanta Falcons have been in position to score on their first drive. They just didn't put it in the end zone, and they get, they got a turnover in the one game. Aaron Freeman thinks that they have a good chance of putting up a field goal just not a touchdown. I believe him. So that's my second prop bet. Uh, and listen, uh, their field, their place kicker hit a big, a big kick last yeah. week to get them their uh, only win. So that's, I, I think that's a good prop bet really. Yeah. Uh, my third and final one is Terry McLaurin to go over 88 mm-hmm. receiving yards. I think this has a chance to be a pretty big day. I took him at a plus 110 over 88. You know who he's going to go up against sometimes in this game. Fabian Moreau, the former Washington football <laughs> corner, who he knows well and who obviously practiced again. So maybe a little advantage, Terry McLaurin, 88 plus plus 110. Absolutely. And going back to what you said about the Falcons kicker, Young Way Koo, best Korean player in the NFL since Heinz Ward. And for those of you who don't know, uh, Kyler Murray is also Korean. So I stand by what I just said. My final prop bet for this episode. Most receptions between Calvin Ridley, Atlanta Falcons wide receiver, and Logan Thomas, the Washington football team tight end. Talking to Aaron Freeman again, he is really concerned about Logan Thomas, thinks he could do a lot of damage against this Falcons defense. If he believes it, the Washington football team offensive staff should have seen it already and probably believes it, and Logan Thomas can go into a believe it. Four to one odds that Logan Thomas will have more more receptions than Calvin Ridley. So for for those who are unfamiliar, you bet a dollar, you earn four. For every dollar you bet, if Logan Thomas has more catches than Calvin Ridley, you win four bucks per dollar that you put on that. I think that's a pretty good bet, especially with those odds. All right, guys, that is our prop bets for this Sunday's game between the Washington football team and the Atlanta Falcons, of course, using betonline.ag. And now we want you to use 
your freedom of choice. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something literally for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. My problem is, is I love them all. Uh, peanut butter brownie obviously is one of them, but I love the orange chocolate. Uh, I had uh, just recently this week a raspberry chocolate. Oh, so good. Uh, David loves the um, the mint variety uh, and uh, the mint brownie variety and uh, others as well. And you can try whatever you want. Go to built.com, package it all together, maybe a mixed box. You can do a couple of different things. So go check it out again at built.com. And one thing you should know is replace that, mm, that not so good for you bowl of ice cream at night with a delicious, healthy built bar. Why? Because they're high in protein, low in calories, low in sugar, and low in net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy for you. Get a grasshopper cookie, a raspberry, whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to built.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. LOCKED15 at built.com. Wrapping up this final episode of the week, our final preview of the week four contest between the Washington football team and the Atlanta Falcons, David Harrison and Chris Russell joining you here on Twitter at dharrison82 at Russellmania621, the show at Pod. Listen, guys, we had one more voicemail. Brian from Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. First of all, love your voicemail, man. We appreciate everything that you had to say, uh, and we appreciate the compliments as well. I'm going to say this, guys. We cannot play voicemails that go six minutes long. That's like a full segment of our show here, guys. I wanted to get it in, Brian, uh, so I'll, I'll make you a deal, buddy. If you can get us in a 90 second or less voicemail before then before you after the game i will prioritize you make sure you get on our immediate analysis episode following the washington football team hopefully a win against the atlanta falcons but yeah uh you guys we, we love all your all the callers guys but we need you to keep those to around 90 seconds or shorter if you can for us but again brian from gettysburg pennsylvania first of all i love gettysburg it's a great area love visiting it um so truly appreciate you calling in unfortunately man just way too long way too much stuff to get through there uh for us to air it on today's episode uh, but Chris, we're going to wrap up this episode. We got to talk keys to the game, players of the games, bold prediction, and then our final score prediction before the game kicks off. So I'm going to toss it over to you for your key to the game. All right. Last week in Buffalo, they started J.D. McKissick, first carry, first play of the game. They got eight yards. And then before you know it, they were down seven to nothing, then 14 to nothing, then 21 to nothing. And they never were able to get the running game reestablished or established. You can't be down early. You have to establish the run game early, soften up Atlanta. Again, maybe get some play action working, make things easier for the offensive line and for Taylor Heineke. The offensive line did a pretty decent job last week. Get that running game established early and often, and especially with Antonio Gibson dealing with that shin, David, I think that's going to be a tricky thing. Hopefully he's active and hopefully he's yeah. ready to go, but JD McKissick and Jared Patterson going to have to step up either way. Yeah. And that's, I mean, listen, you never celebrate an injury, but those out there who want to see Jared Patterson get a little bit more opportunity to show what he can do in a regular season game against the starting uh, group in a real game plan situation. Uh, this Antonio Gibson shin thing may be the door that opens that up uh, for young Jared Patterson. My key to the game is going to be commit to pressure. And and I mean, I'm talking at, at times sell out. And you, you mentioned you want to see more man coverage. Look, if they got three receivers in a tight end, I want three DBs in coverage and either linebacker or safety on the tight end. I want everybody else coming after Matt Ryan because Matty Ice looks like he's, looks like he's starting to thaw just a little bit. And this defense needs to get some wins and get some pressure. And look, 
if they can get some pressure, even if they oversell to do it initially early on in the game, that may be the momentum they need to get that offensive line in Atlanta kind of on their heels. And then you can kind of peel it back, go to more three, four man, five man rushes and still be able to, to generate pressure. But in the beginning, I want to see them coming out swinging, coming out like they're looking to take over the pass rush business, not just give more effort And that's going to transition us, Chris, into our players of the game. For my player of the game, I'm going to switch the offensive side and I'm going to go Taylor Heineke. And I know quarterback, no duh, right? Of course, he's a, he's, a, he's a key player to this game. But I'm looking for smarter decisions. We had one really smart game. I mean, yeah, he had kind of a bad interception against the New York Giants there towards the end. But for the most part, it was a very smart, executed game by Taylor Heineke there against the division rival. And then you come in against Buffalo, and you have some not-so-smart situations. Even the throw where, you know, he's, he's trying to make something happen because his team is behind. I get that whole concept. But you don't throw into triple coverage just because your team is behind. That doesn't really excuse those types of things for most people. I'm looking for Taylor Heineke to have a smarter, cleaner game. The Atlanta Falcons have not had an interception through the first three weeks. Their defense has not had a takeaway through interception in the first three weeks of the season. I want it to become four because Taylor Heineke is smart with the football. Well, that's a good little nugget of information. I'm going to throw a little curveball, a little maybe a slider here for you. I'm going with Jamin Davis as my player of the game. Like David, he's starting to get there. He's starting to get there, making one or two big splash plays. Again, we remember he helped cause a field goal against the Giants inside mm -hmm. the five with a big third down stop. Last week, made a third down stop on a third and three scramble by Josh Allen and then lined up in coverage man on man on Devin Singletary and wiped him out on a fourth and one stop. And it was beautiful technique. I'm not saying that he's going to be a tackle machine, 10, 11, 12 uh, tackles, but maybe an interception, maybe a forced fumble, maybe something along those lines. I think he's starting to develop that confidence. Jamin Davis, my player of the game. And for my bold prediction, here's what I'm going to do. Again, had to prop bet. Atlanta would score first. We know about the history, recent history. I say Washington will look terrible to start. And then chip, 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 chip all game long and win on a late Dustin Hopkins field. I like that a lot. And going back to Jamin Davis, defensive backs have made up two-thirds of the top three tackle numbers for this team to start the season this year. You need to get more linebackers, more defensive linemen in there. I want two-thirds of those guys being D linemen or linebackers. So Jamin Davis coming up with a big day could definitely contribute to that. My bold prediction for this game, Chris, Chase Young. At this point last season in his Rookie of the Year campaign, had two and a half sacks. I need him to catch up, and I actually need him to take a little bit of a lead on that pace. Three sacks for Chase Young. He was on this show this week. He got 10 minutes of rooster therapy. That's going to be what he needed. It's going to kickstart his season. Three sacks on Matt, on Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons offense for Chase Young. That's what my bold prediction is. And then my score, I've got four Washington football team touchdowns, three Atlanta Falcons touchdowns, and a Young Way coup. Field goal 28-24 is the final. Washington football team gets to two and two. I like both of those. I don't know about three sacks, but, man, that would be some great karma from this podcast. I can tell you about that. Uh, and I have Washington winning 24-21. Again, down early, as they always are, and chip away, make a comeback, and win on a late Dustin Hopkins field goal 24 21 we want to thank the voicemailers that actually made it onto the show cameron and andrew and brian as david explained uh just we'll get you first up uh just uh, if you guys can keep it as short as possible so we can get as many in but thank you guys and if you want to get aboard on the podcast uh via the voicemail please make sure you do so 
uh, at 301-615-3577. That's 301-615-3577 or LockWFTPod at gmail.com. Thanks again for making the Locked on Washington football team podcast your first listen of the day. For your second, check out the little Locked on Bets podcast. Hosted by your boy Q, handicapping expert, Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast. Brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for us today, Washington football fans. Uh, thanks again for joining us. We are free and available on all platforms. Please remember that. For David Harrison, WFT beat reporter for the SI.com Fan Nation site, I'm Chris Russell, co-host of the Russell and Medhurst show on the Team 980 with Pete Medhurst, 3 to 7 Eastern time, Monday through Friday on the Washington football team flagship station. We'll be back right after the Sunday game between the Washington football team and the Atlanta Falcons for immediate analysis right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast.